For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Dear Saints, this night is one of the most, if not the most joyful night in the entire year. You can sense the happiness all around you. And most people are happy and excited, although for different reasons. And when you ask the common person why Christmas is so joyful, you'll get the same sort of answer, but in a number of different ways. You ask the common person, what is Christmas all about? They'll say something along the lines of family, watching my favorite movies, uh, making people happy, enjoying yourself on the holidays, having a good time, Christmas lights, spending all the time you can with one another and so forth. And these are all good and wonderful things. These are all gifts from God to us, blessings that he has given not only to the just, but also the unjust. And I think that it's in response to this sort of widespread mentality and mindset that someone coined the now wildly popular phrase turned cliche, Jesus is the reason for the season. And you've seen this. It's all around you. It's on ornaments, on the back of cars, plastered on billboards. It's all over the internet. And I'm sure many of you have maybe even heard this phrase growing up. And the truth is... I suppose this is a good sentiment, a good push to keep Christ in Christmas, as they say, and to make the focus of this day about God, because we often get caught up in things that, uh, the things of this world and not so much his word. More often than not, we love the excitement and preparing for this holiday, the music, the gifts, the getting together with family more than hearing about Christ the infant. So on the one hand, I suppose saying Jesus is the reason for the season is a fairly good way to remind us of what or who Christmas is truly about. But on the other hand, it's totally not. I would say that it's not really a good way to remind us of what this day and season are really about. In fact, if you were to ask Jesus himself what this season is about, he would have an entirely different answer. So what would he say? We don't have to speculate or guess what God would say. He revealed it to us. He himself wrote it in the word which he caused to be written. And this is what he said. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In other words, according to God, Jesus isn't the reason for the season. You are. Unto you is born this day. God points his finger to you and says, you are the reason I do all of this. It's all for you, for your sake. And this is nothing new. We've said this time and time again. I've said this before. We confess this each and every Sunday we gather together. When we gather around his word, we say, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we, we believe in him. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. And here it is, who for us Men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. 
And in doing all of this, God, the one and only true God, did what no angel in heaven or creature on earth would even dare to think about. He did what no false god or other religion would even dare to utter or imagine. Tonight, God, the maker of all things, for your sake, became man. He didn't take on flesh to show off his power or to gain anything from you or to receive anything from you. He became man for you, for your sake, for your benefit, for your salvation. That's what we sing in the beautiful Advent hymn. We say, love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. Oh, love beyond all telling. And yet when God came to us his own, his own received him not. When he came to this guilty earth, no one made room for him. No one gave him the praise and the glory and the honor he rightly deserved. But even though he was not welcomed, though the world remained silent at his coming, and though many today don't regard him as worthy enough of their devotion and praise, this is the joy of Christmas, that he did not return to heaven. He did not leave us or forsake us because he did not come to this earth because we wanted him. Rather, he came because he wanted us. He came not because we loved him, but because he loved us. And it's through the world's rejection of him that he accepted us. It's through the world's despising of him that he embraced us. It's through our condemnation of him that he brought about our salvation. And this Zion is love beyond all telling, love far beyond our comprehension and our imagination that God took on flesh and blood. He laid it down on the cross for you. And there he gave you himself, all of himself, every drop of blood, every ounce of life, every breath in his lungs was dedicated to you. He was born for you to pay your debt, to forgive your sin, to give you peace and joy even in the midst of death. He took on flesh and blood this night so that one day he would tell you, take and eat. This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And with his dying breath on the cross, he cries out and says, Father, forgive them their sins. So the immense pain he endured, it's the unbearable cross he bore, the deep wounds he felt were for your sake. And in doing this, he carved your name into the book of eternal life with the nails in his hands and with the ink of his blood that he shed for you. The one whom no one made room for in this life prepared for you a great and glorious place in his kingdom. I know that these words oftentimes hit our ears and they don't really sink in because there's so many things going on around. We don't grasp the depth of them. But I want you to know more than anything that Jesus did this for you. He did it. Yes, he did it for the whole world, but he did it for you personally, specifically for you. And this means that even if you were the only one who had sinned, 
and fallen short of the glory of God, even if you were the only one who needed this, if you were the only one in this world filled with 99 righteous ones, the only one in this church who was broken in sin, needing a savior, wasting away in sorrow and death, the Lord Jesus Christ would still do everything he did to come and save you. He would still do everything he did if you were the only one needed to be rescued. And he would do it all again, endure all of the pain and the agony, the loneliness and the shame, the bleeding and the dying. He would endure it a thousand times for you because that's exactly who he came for, for you. But he doesn't have to because what he did once on that cross 2,000 years ago, he did for all. And since he did it for all, he did it for you. And tonight he gives himself to you. So the true celebration of Christmas is not simply the birth of Christ, but the birth of Christ for you. The proper celebration of this night is not found in your effort to make Jesus the center of your attention, which he is. But the proper celebration of this night is found in God offering himself to you, making you the center of all his attention, devoting all of himself to you. And here you have in richest detail, in clearest form and words, who God is and what he thinks of you. You don't have to wonder who God is or what he does. The entire world in all its wisdom and might can't figure out or imagine this God. But tonight you have everything in richest measure. And tonight he has revealed himself and opened the deepest abyss of his fatherly heart. So you find your reason to exist in the birth of your dear Lord Jesus Christ. You were created and you were made and you exist for this very reason and purpose. That he would love you. That he would redeem you and sanctify you. That he would pour his life out for you and give you joy beyond all measure. So dear Zion, whom God has so dearly loved, whom God has greatly cheered, whom God has honored even above the angels of heaven. Cherish this night with all of your heart that God gave himself to you so that he might save you from all of your sin. And let your heart rely on him alone. Let the world perish so long as Christ remains yours. The peace which you have with God, this peace of sin forgiven is the greatest treasure you have. The poor, humble birth of God at Bethlehem for you is the reason of this unspeakable, unending, and undying joy. So let this console you and let it enter your poor heart and let it adorn your soul with gladness because God has kept the promise he made for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn before closing. O Jesus Christ, your manger is my paradise at which my soul reclineth. For there, O Lord, does lie the word made flesh for us here in your grace forth shineth. The world may hold her wealth in gold, but you, my heart, keep Christ as your true treasure. 
To him hold fast until at last the crown be yours and honor in full measure. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.